Good evening, everybody. Good to see you out this evening. Uh, also thankful for the opportunity to stand here and give you the lesson this evening. Uh, tonight, I would like to speak on a topic that has somewhat of a personal note for myself and many others, probably all of us at some point in our life throughout the year, especially, and that's anxiety and worry. Over the past three years after coming out of COVID, uh, with my job as an extension agent, there's been an increased pressure uh, with increased expectations, added stress. In fact, I've seen over 20 plus of my coworkers, only from Middle Tennessee area here, leave in the last year. Uh, I don't tell you this to make the lesson about myself, but I tell you this to let you know that I was started feeling that burnout. Uh, there was those increased expectations, uh, pushing ourselves to the limit. Uh, when I stumbled upon a lesson that really helped me realize and refocus my thoughts and helped me remember why I do my job. Uh, so I hope that this lesson may have some value to you as well this evening. You know, I found as a Christian, at least for myself, through prayer and through faithful service, that anxiety and worry is a struggle that I can face head on and overcome. So this evening, I would like to take uh, or would like to discuss how we can handle and face anxiety as a Christian by looking at the example of Elijah. I suppose we could really use the word stress or worry as well as anxious when we talk about the struggle that affects us all from time to time. There's many remedies that we utilize to counter the effects, but as Christians, one of the most satisfying and permanent solutions, at least for myself, is through or can be found through our faith in Christ. So with this in mind, I would like to review the story of Elijah and how God helped him deal with his extreme case of stress, worry, and eventual burnout. So before we get started, let's get a little background on why Elijah was anxious and burned out. And we can do that by looking at 1 Kings chapter 19, starting with verses 1 through 3. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with a sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. We know Elijah lived in the 9th century B.C., uh, he was a prophet who served God during the reign of several kings and especially one bad ruler, as we've studied in uh, Brother Titus's class, uh, and that's Ahab, who was buried to Jezebel. Much of Eliza's ministry involved the conflict between himself and this royal couple over their introduction of pagan religion and worship, or, or pagan worship in Israel. Jezebel was from Tyre, uh, and through her influence, the uh, she influenced the worship of Baal, which was the official nature god of Tyre, and uh, this was actively being brought into the kingdom. So in response to this, Elijah had prayed for a drought to come over the land, and it didn't rain for three years. Uh, since Baal was the deity or the god that was supposed to control nature, this drought was a demonstration of this pagan religious, uh, religion's emptiness. And, of course, the drought also made the king and queen uh, greater enemies, or Ahab and Jezebel, greater enemies of Elijah. Well, after three years, Elijah challenged all the prophets of Baal to meet him at Mount Carmel in order 
to demonstrate who is greater, God or Baal. And at this meeting, Elijah taunted and ridiculed them and performed a great miracle before the assembled people to show that the God that he served was the true God and that Baal worship was pointless or futile. Um, after this demonstration, he ordered that uh, the 450 prophets of Baal, remember prophets appointed and supported by Jezebel, be killed. And as if this wasn't enough, Elijah also offered another prayer asking God to send rain. And after three long, agonizing years of drought, the heavens opened up and water poured forth. After doing these things and realizing that he might be in danger, Elijah escaped on foot for another place, for another town. You know, Elijah experienced a physical, emotional, and spiritual roller coaster for those three years, culminating in that great showdown at Mount Carmel. And um, he was only a man, and he was close to burnout. So as we move forward, we'll start by looking at Elijah's symptoms of his burnout in verses 4 through 14 of 1 Kings 19. In verses 4 through 14 that we'll read through uh, several verses here, we'll read that Elijah experienced things that were beyond uh, what normal life required of ordinary people. Things like miracles, war, natural disasters, threats of death, forced travel and hiding, and also rejection by society. Now, people can manage some of these things, but when too many good things or too many bad things happen to us, too rapidly or too quick, we tend to blow a fuse, right? Uh, we burn out as a protection against total breakdown or total destruction. And burnout has symptoms, and we recognize these symptoms in Elijah's dialogue as he spoke to the Lord. In verse 4, we see in the first part of verse 4, 1 Kings 19.4, uh, Elijah's despair. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Even though he had witnessed great victory there on the mountain, great miracles, he was in despair. Uh, he had no hope. His loss of hope was not because there was nothing to believe in or no proof to support his faith. Uh, Elijah lost hope because he couldn't function properly to see these things correctly anymore. In the second part of verse 4 there, we see his self-deprecation. As he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Burned out people are hard on themselves. I can tell you that when I get burned out, I'm hard on myself as well, right? No matter what we've done, it's not good enough. Burnout makes you feel like a failure and nothing can, can convince you otherwise. As we move to verse 10 of 1 Kings 19, we see his anger and resentment. When he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. As we see here, Elijah felt ang was angry about how he felt. Uh, you know, if you do your best, if you try your hardest, if you succeed, you should feel good about it, not bad. When the only reward we get from all the efforts that we put in is fatigue and burnout, we should step back because we're close to burnout, right? Uh, 
it's very similar in our daily lives, just like it is in my daily job that I work. It's easy to get run down, fatigued, and burned out. But that's when I take the opportunity to step back, to refocus, and to think about all the kids and the many successes they have had over the years because of the opportunities that we've offered them. It really helps me see the true reward of my work. It's not monetary. Uh, by our daily lives, this for us could be things at work, our service to the Lord, and even our service to our families as well. And finally, we see his symptom of loneliness in 1 Kings 19, verse 14, when he repeats, I have been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. I am alone. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Here Elijah repeats his complaint, and with it his greatest worry, that he be left alone. Sometimes burnout, when we're burned out, makes us feel like we're alone, like no one understands, no one cares, no one could even know how we feel or why we feel the way that we do. Elijah repeats this complaint to God as if the Lord couldn't possibly understand how he feels, which we know he does. Remember, Elijah lived nearly 3,000 years ago, yet his symptoms and feelings are, uh, feelings are very familiar to us who struggle with anxiety and worry from time to time. Things like low self-esteem, resentment, and alienation in our modern high-pressure society. Now that we've looked at those, let's look at some common mistakes caused by burnout uh, through the example of Elijah as well. Uh, this is the part of the lesson for me as I was kind of getting burned out with my job again, uh, working sometimes, you know, 60, 70 hours a week uh, with high pressure from, uh, from those above us. Uh, this was a good time in my study that I found this lesson. And it really helped me realize uh, what I was stressed about, why I was burnt out. And then I realized the mistakes that I was making because of burnout and saw some things that I needed to work on personally. Aside from the physical feelings and the fatigue of emotional problems associated with burnout, this condition also pushes us to make mistakes that we probably normally wouldn't do if we were well rested and more balanced. Mistake number one, we tend to focus on our feelings rather than the facts before us. Elijah prayed that he might die. He was looking inward and he saw the world through the lens of his feelings, not the facts that were before him, uh, the facts of what had just happened. Uh, he was saying, I feel like a failure, therefore I'm a, I am a failure. And this is called emotional reasoning, and it's a mistake because it breaks us down. Mistake number two, when we're burned out, we can, uh, tend to compare ourselves with others. Uh, Elijah cried out that he was no better than his father's. We usually compare our weaknesses to other strengths when we're burned out. And when we do that, we tend to come out the loser because we're comparing our weakest moments to the greatest moments of others. You know, I often tell some of the kids I work with on a daily basis uh, with 4-H some advice that I was given as a young person. Never try to think or think that you're better than others, but also always realize that you're not less than anyone else as well. Mistake number three when we're burned out, we try to motivate ourselves with negatives. 
You know, Elijah complained that he had been zealous for God, but the people had rejected God and his preaching in verse 10. We tend to blame ourselves. We push ourselves with criticism and label ourselves with harsh judgments. Uh, it's no wonder that we continue to be burned out when we become our worst critics. And mistake number four, we tend to exaggerate the negatives. Uh, Elijah cried, I'm the only one left. This attitude degenerates to self-pity and despair, and it causes the cycle to work uh, like the following. First, we're overburdened, overstimulated, or overworked, even overstressed. Then that leads us uh, to a weakened physical and mental resistance, as well as spiritual letdown. Then this condition produces a variety of symptoms, such as anger, depression, sometimes low self-esteem, and these attitudes drive us to make critical mistakes such as emotional reasoning, false comparisons, negative self-judgment, and sometimes further alienation from those that love us or surround us daily. These mistakes produce more stress on our system, which uh, perpetuates the vicious cycle leading to a breakdown, or total breakdown sometimes. You know, it's at times like these that we should take advice from Paul in Philippians 4, 8. When he said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are, lover, are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Instead of meditating on the negatives and exaggerating them even more, meditate on the things that are true, that are noble, just, that are pure and lovely and of good report. It's at these times that we should think of the positives and the many things that we're blessed with. Uh, it is also at these times that uh, I think of Proverbs chapter 3, 5 through 6, which Stephanie has reminded me of many times. It's at these times that we should trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Uh, that's why I don't think it could be any better than the theme that you chose for your songs tonight. I think that really goes well with, with our message. Remember, lean on the, uh, on the Lord, not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Uh, it's also usually a good time, or for me, I feel like it's a good time when I'm starting to get burned out at work about things or stressed, to unplug from the uh, worry that this world readily offers us each day. Things that, as I think back to my childhood, that a lot of them weren't there. Uh, things like Facebook or other social medias. Uh, too many activities. We tend to try to cram too much into our day. Sometimes maybe the news. We just need to unplug from it for a moment. Stop focusing on the, only the stresses that are stressing you out in life. Sometimes that may be things at work, that may be friends or politics. Instead, focus on the blessings that you've been given. Also, it's time for us to forget as uh, forget the past, as Paul reminds us in Philippians 3.13, we should forget those things which are behind and reach forward to those things which are ahead. You know, I have found for myself uh, it helpful to manage stress, anxiety, worry, burnout, any of those things that may slip into our, our mind uh, for me, when I manage my inputs, like I said, things like 
social media and news and things. Also, to trust in God is in Matthew 6, 22 through 25, which you can read sometime, but also to schedule faith first as in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things should be added to you. <clears throat> now that we've talked about burnout and some of the things that's caused by that, finally tonight let's look at uh, God's four-part remedy for burnout. You know, God is aware of the human body and its frailty, uh, especially when under stress. Uh, in this same passage, we see his remedy to renew a burned-out servant named Elijah. The first thing that God prescribed for Elijah was rest, and he prescribes that for us as well. God gave rest to Elijah, rest for his body in verses 5 through 8, if you go back and review that. Um, the body will short-circuit if it does not receive rest and nourishment. We know that. If we've ever pushed ourselves to the limits, um, a balance of work, rest, and leisure is the best medicine for a burned-out system. People usually rest until they are well enough to repeat the same mistakes that led to, to, to the burnout originally, something that uh, I did for years on end as a 4-H agent. Uh, I would find some balance, and then I would find myself back in the same spot. What is needed is an attitude that understands that rest and leisure are as important as work and developing a balanced and pleasing life before God, something I'm still working on myself. So, uh, But that was probably some of the best advice I ever got from my first county director, he said that, uh, you know, kids will remember you, maybe. Some families will remember you in 4-H in, uh, in counties, but your wife will always remember what kind of husband you were. Your kids will always remember what kind of father you were. And, of course, people will always remember you if you were a good and faithful servant. Uh, the next thing or the next remedy that he offers is release. God allowed Elijah to pour out his heart, his frustrations, his fears, and his anger in verses 9 through 10. The problem with burnout is it's kind of like a low-burning fire inside of us that's always there. Uh, it never gets extinguished. Uh, it keeps burning and building and destroying us from the inside. That is why we should pray, why we should cry, share with others, empty our heart out before God so that that emotional energy created by stress can be released. You know, as we looked at earlier, we're reminded by Proverbs 3 not to lean on our own understanding. We must pray to God for strength and encouragement, and he will direct our paths. You know, I can't tell you how blessed I am to have Stephanie, uh, my family members who allow me to share and to release when I feel overwhelmed at work or in other things in life. But we must never forget that we can empty our heart to God, releasing that emotional energy created by life stresses, before that emotional buildup causes us to implode on ourselves or to explode on innocent bystanders. Step three for, of God's four-part remedy for burnout was refocusing. You know, Elijah was seeking only the problem. But in the cave at Horeb, um, he sought again the vision of God that had originally sent him his prophecy in verses 11 through 13. He heard again the voice of the Lord. Sometimes uh, it's a change of place or people that we need. It's a resetting of our sights on God, his word, his son, on his church that is truly needed. And part four 
is recommitment. One task is over. It had been a challenge and a burden, but after a time of rest and power and renewal, Elijah is given a new ministry, uh, a different service to perform for the Lord in verses 15 and 16. Uh, the best way to beat burnout is to be active in different ways with different people pursuing different goals. <clears throat> if our focus is on God and his purpose, uh, he will be able to direct us in some service that will give us fresh hope and a renewed sense of purpose and enthusiasm. He will also supply us with help to do the work at hand, just as Elisha was provided to continue Elijah's work. In summary, this evening, Elijah was human, like all of us, who nearly burned out because of the pressures of his service to the Lord, but God renewed him with rest for his body, release for his soul, refocusing for his spirit, recommitment for his heart, and also reinforcement for his ministry in Elijah. God not only cares for us, he knows exactly what we need for what ails us and all of our generations. If you're over anxious or stressed or burned out, do you recognize yourself in Elijah? Are his symptoms also your symptoms? Uh, I encourage you to try God's prescription for burnout. Find the proper balance between work and rest. Sometimes, for me, that's meant less money uh, or turning down opportunities that I've had within my 4-H program at work or other opportunities. We have to find proper balance between work and rest sometimes. Number two, express your feelings to God in prayer. Remember to do it often. Do it without ceasing. Do it sincerely. Remember, we have to do it without ceasing because this is an ongoing process. Lean on God, and he will direct your paths. He will lead you, just as the theme of our songs. Three, reestablish your priorities, putting Christ first and his kingdom first in your life again or in your priorities, this will properly order all of your other priorities. And also, begin seeking for new ways to serve the Lord through his church. You know, I can tell you personally or from my own experience through much prayer, by putting Christ first in my priorities, and by serving in ways that I can utilize the many talents that he's blessed me with, it helps me to refocus on the most important things in life. When I begin to become anxious or worry about trivial things at work or in life in general. So if you suffer from stress or anxiety or worry or burnout, know that through faith and unending prayer that relief is available and that there's always somebody there to lean on. 